anybody whose voice I find annoying, it's actually not the voice, it's the person. (laughs) You know? Hello and welcome to the Pending Approval Podcast, a talk show highlighting the ups, the downs and those complete head fuck moments of the business world. I'm your host for the show, Glenda Winyard. With me is producer G. Hello, back at it again with another podcast. I know. What are the biggest disasters, Pat, you've had when you've been recording a podcast? Tough question, Glenda. There's a few. I'd, I'd have to go the top two are not recording, forgetting to hit record or not saving the files. Are we and, recording um, now, Pat? Yeah, is that what's happening? I've, I've got the three backups to be safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. And the good old mic not turned on. Always oh, a shocker. Pat, please don't do that today because that would be so embarrassing without you. <laughs> I'm all set up. It's all good. Pat, we need to have a mic on you at all times. It's, it's kind of fun having a third person. Yeah, I love it. A third host. I love it. Pat, Pat the Pat the third host. I like it. Okay. He's already got his own podcast. Yeah, we're, we're bringing him to this one. It's fine. Oh, my God. He'll be taking over as the main host next. He's got to drive us to uh, Byron Bay anyway, so it's fine. We'll, we'll be good in our caravan. In our caravan. Oh, my gosh. Don't tell people about that just yet. <laughs> it's TBC. We're just hinting to it. What alluding. I get roped into. Okay. <laughs> What's happening, G? Well, you're looking a little bit nervous today. What's What's got you in a bit of a flutter? Oh, my God. Sometimes I feel like we're amateur hour at the zoo when it comes to a podcast, our po- little podcast, and we're getting a pro- we've got a real professional coming to join us today. That's exciting. I know. She's an absolute queen when it comes to podcasts. So our next guest is, like I said, an expert at all this podcast stuff, and I guess we just need to get on with it. G. So Rachel Corbett is the head of podcasts and digital content at Nova Entertainment. Welcome, Rachel, to pending approval. Hello. Geez, a bit not disappoint now after that introduction, eh? <laughs> oh God, don't worry. You've got you've got me in the background, so I'll I'll make you look like a rock star no matter what you do. It's easy. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Rachel, it's so good to have you here. Now, our good friend and rep Matt Ingram suggested that you'd be terrific on the show. He's a very big fan of yours, as are many in the industry. So we're very excited to have you here. Oh, thanks. It's lovely to be here. I really do hope I don't disappoint. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure you won't. Don't worry. Don't worry. Now, Rachel, on that note... We always try and start with a bit of a background or a bio on the person that, that's joining us. We, why don't you tell our listeners a bit, little bit about yourself? So I started my career in radio. I was working as a breakfast and drive host for the first um, 12 odd years. And then when I left my last job, Triple M there, I was doing drive and went out into the wilderness of normal life. I I sort of was thinking, what am I going to do now? You know, because I've spoken into a microphone for so long and that's kind of all I know (laughs) how to do. Um, Didn't finish my law degree. So that would have been helpful at this point. But anyway, we press on. So then I started to teach podcasting and radio at uh, at Afters here and actually realized after a lot of years in the business doing the job that, you know, as a radio host and a, and a presenter, you can sometimes think, do I have any skills? Do I really know what to do apart from just talk? Because talking doesn't feel like a skill necessarily. But going out and teaching it, I really started to realize, oh, I know what I'm talking about here and I know how to make somebody sound better and to improve the content that they're doing and their presenting style. And so I was teaching at Afters for a while and then I 
developed a couple of courses for them and I thought I really should do this for myself. So I built my online podcasting course and back then, you know, it was still, there were certainly some businesses stepping in, but it was certainly still the realm of the at-home podcaster. And for me, I felt like I felt, I heard a lot of shows that people were doing when they were novice and they didn't really know how to improve it at all. And I was like, oh, there's some really simple things that you can do to actually make your show really great. So started that business up, ran that for a few years. And then Mamma Mia approached me because they had been doing podcasts for a while and they sort of wanted to really double down on it and kind of professionalize their network and make it a big part of their business. So I worked there for three years and developed their podcasting offering and then moved across to Nova where I'm starting, well, have started their original content arm. So we've dropped 18 shows this year from literally blank piece of paper to released podcast. So it's been a long year and I am ready <laughs> for a holiday. <laughs> so good. It's it's so good to see so many different types of businesses get into podcasts. And I think like Nova is the perfect entry point, right? Like radio to podcast, it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, totally. And that's always what I've thought since, you know, I left radio. Um, it's always been to me, there's a lot of things that we do and a lot of expertise that we have on the radio side of the business that translates perfectly into podcasting. If anything, podcasting gives you more opportunity, more flexibility. Um, you know, radio is great and it still has a huge audience and it's still a really powerful medium, but there is a certain formula to that in that you have three-minute breaks in between ad breaks and songs. That doesn't exist in podcasting. So there's a lot more creative flexibility that you have to create content in that environment and that's really what I love about it. Mm, yeah, agree. And it's even moving into TV. I don't know if you've seen the show Only Murders in the Building on oh, Disney. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm So I'm obviously a big podcast lover. We're here today. But I also love the fact that like Disney and a whole bunch of others are kind of getting in the groove with, you know, throwing little hints of other mediums in there. I think it's, it's quite cool. It's not something you can ignore anymore. I think for a, a unbelievably long period of time, there were pe- a lot of people saying, oh, this might be a flash in the pan. And I think we've finally gotten to that stage where people are like, oh, yeah. this is here to <laughs> this stay. This is a thing now. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So just on that, like, I think I'd really love for us to talk a little bit about and help our audience understand kind of where the audio industry started from and where it's moving into now because podcasts sit within this ecosystem and it'd be really great to kind of talk about that bigger picture and then kind of where podcasts sit now. Well, I think audio has been like a massive part of our lives for a long, long time, you know, and radio is still a medium that a lot of people listen to. And I feel like really it's it's just an evolution of that. I think once we sort of stepped into things like Netflix and entertainment on demand, and that became a concept that we started to familiarize ourselves and we realized as consumers, oh, I can have something when I want it. Huh? You know, we yeah. then got addicted to that method of delivery. And podcasting is really the way to have audio in that way. So, you know, we at Nova, we're very big on, obviously, we have a really big, successful radio side of the business. We're building up the original um, content space around podcasting for because from our perspective, it's like consumers want to consume wherever is convenient to them. That might be in the car listening to the radio. That might be with the radio on at the office. That might be while they're walking a dog listening to a podcast. And we're really about creating content that will be in all the places that somebody might want to find it. And I think 
the evolution of audio into podcasting and the popularity of that really is about that on demand at the next level. Even with Netflix, you got to be sitting in front of the television to watch that show. Mm, you don't have yeah. to do that with with podcasts. You can go walk your dog, do your shopping, go for a run, whatever you want to do. It fits so perfectly in with your life that you don't have any of the distractions that you or like you know, you don't have to have any of the um the sort of calendar adjustments that you might require with something else like with like television. So I think that's really why it's so powerful and, and that's kind of been the evolution to consumers really getting it when they want it. Mm, and I love that exactly what you pointed out, podcasts fit into your life, not the other way around. And I think it's evident when, you know, you talk of going for runs, I listen to podcasts when I'm going for a walk or, you know, in between meetings or something like that. Um, one of my girlfriends listened to them exclusively before she goes to sleep. So there's so many different use cases and scenarios where people would listen to a podcast that, you know, you might also be doing something else at the same time. So it's kind of like that duality within the medium, you're able to kind of hit someone in the podcast and then absorb that content and then see them as well later if we're talking about it from an advertising perspective. So. I, th I think they're fascinating. Look, I was first introduced to my first podcast or, or my first regular podcast by my daughter and um, she's a lawyer. She used to listen to Queensland lawyer Clarissa Raywood's Happy The Happy Family Lawyer and I became quite engrossed with this woman's life and her and the people that she used to interview I thought she was absolutely fascinating yet I have absolutely nothing to do with the law you know I would never normally have discovered her how do people discover the podcasts or different podcasts that they want to listen to it's a mix of things. I mean, word of mouth is still one of the most common um, ways. It's unfortunately the slowest way, <laughs> uh, but it is the most powerful thing in podcasting, really. And that's why it's so important to build a strong connection with your audience and to really develop that relationship because you want those people to be going out and recommending your show to other people. So that's really important. The other thing is there's a lot of discovery that goes on in apps, you know, through the charts and, um, and the browser feature on the apps you know I find a lot of new podcasts through that way because I'm just interested in what other people are listening to and what's being featured and that kind of stuff and then I think Google stepping into the space has been a bit of a game changer they were completely MIA in podcasting mm. for so long and I was always very surprised by that and then they all of a sudden came in in a big way but that's obviously then brought SEO and search really heavily into podcasting mm. because now they're turning up you know, playable search results. So people don't even know need to know what a podcast is to find your show and your episode if they just happen to be searching for keywords in that space. And I think that's the biggest kind of gap that we have is the people that who know what a podcast is, but they don't listen to one because they don't really know how to. And, and that search um, aspect of it has really helped to close that gap a little bit because you don't really need to know what a podcast app is. You can press play in Google yeah. um, and listen right there. So I think that's been really helpful. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And just like the word of mouth thing, that's so right. Because the other day the girls at the office and I were talking and they were saying to me the exact thing. They don't know where to find good podcasts. And so I gave them three or four to listen to that I really love. But even I struggle and I'm an avid podcast listener. You know, it, it very much is that you know I'm talking to my boyfriend he's telling me this is a good podcast or my best friend or whoever it is whereas if I go through the charts often I'm looking at them and I'm like eh 
don't really want to listen to that or, oh, can't we bother trialing that one? You know, whereas if someone's saying to you, yep, this is a good podcast, you're probably going to give it a full episode of a listen, you know, to, to really mm. kind of give it through. Just like if someone recommended a Netflix show, you're going to give it at least one episode. Yeah, but I think if you generate enough of that word of mouth, like I do find that the shows that go up the charts or get into those featured areas, they they are generally worth a check out. Not mm. all of them will be your vibe, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that I flick through and I'm like, that's not my jam or whatever. But I, I do feel like it's a good place to find shows if you're just starting out um, and looking around. Because otherwise, I mean, how how that, what are you going to do? How are you finding this I stuff? Know. You know what I mean? I know. It can be very difficult. <laughs> I know. The other thing that I find as well with podcasts that I find on the charts is that I'm listening to it. And sometimes, I don't know if this is the same with anyone else here. Sometimes I listen to the voice and I'm like it's it's just not a voice I can listen to for a long period of time you know what I mean like some yeah. you just you have to gel with the voice that's on the other end yeah there's a I mean there's a million reasons why you people like and don't like um shows I would say that also there's plenty of people who have non-traditional radio voices that people connect very deeply with yeah. I think it's all about how somebody engages with their audience so you can have a voice that isn't necessarily what you would think you could listen to all the time but there is a sense of engagement and connection in the way that they present that means that it doesn't really matter and it becomes part of their personality and things because I, I get a lot of people asking me do I need to take vocal coaching do I need to you know work on changing my voice and the answer is no you know you have to be your authentic self mm. but you have to be engaging with your audience and talking to them in a way that that sort of melts away you know yeah. I feel like anybody whose voice I find annoying it's actually not the voice it's the person <laughs> You know, Rachel, just on that, what are the main reasons why people are listening to podcasts though? Mixture of things. It's, you know, the three main things that people say is to be informed, entertained or inspired, Um, you know, so it's really a mixture of things. I don't think it's necessarily one more than the other, although it is a space where information works really well. You know, there are a lot of experts dishing out their expertise and that seems to be a space that people really like to consume that kind of content. Um, But I think as some of the bigger players have stepped in, entertainment has become a bigger and bigger part of it. You know, fiction podcasts used to be a very small part of um, the content that was out there. Now, I mean, one show sells to a television network and you can't even see how quickly people are speeding yeah, yeah. into this kind of exactly. area, you know. Um, when people smell the dollars, they really start to get excited. So now fiction is really stepping up. I think it's a it's a space where people really love a good documentary or a mm. true crime. You know, true crime is a genre that always goes nuts. Uh, you know, no matter no matter what time of year. So I think it's just a mixture of things, but certainly entertainment and information. Those two things seem to be a huge reason why people listen. And do any of those formats like? Is there anything that actually stands out as a massive surprise to you that you sit there and you go, "Oh my god, I just never ever would have thought this would have been a successful." format not really no No. like because I mean the thing about podcasting that I really like is there is a there's almost like a democratization of of content and success so really something hits if it's a good idea doesn't necessarily matter what genre that fits into or what pillar that's in it's just 
if it's a good idea, it'll work, you know. So I don't think that there's any – I often get asked, like, what's the genre now, apart from true crime, but true crime is difficult to commercialise. So mm. as a network, it's like are you going to invest a huge amount of money in doing true crime unless it's just a pure audience play? But I don't know that there's – a single genre. It's like you do this, it will work. It's more about the idea from podcasting. So rather than trying to retrofit something to a genre, you should be thinking about the audience and your idea and then how it works in from that point. And if you've thought about that and you've got the right idea and you're really thinking about is there an audience for this and is the concept right, then you know, it will often, it will often do well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're talking to someone who is thinking about starting a podcast or they've got a really great idea, how would you tell them to translate that idea to audio? That's a tough question to answer. Sorry. That's um, also on the fly. Without too. A specific I, yeah. Example. I, I didn't even give you a, a time for that. <laughs> no, it's it it literally all depends. Like all of this is really dependent on the idea, you know, so it's very hard to make a general um, answer that generally without understanding what the concept is. But some ideas aren't right for podcasts, mm. you know, and I think people have to understand that too. There's a lot of people that want to jump in the space because it looks real shiny. It looks like people are making a lot of money, but making a lot of money in podcasting ain't no picnic, you yeah, know. Yeah. It's a hard job. I see a lot of people jump in and they think it's going to be the way for them to lose their, leave their job, and then it's just not that. So sometimes an idea is an audio. Other times it will translate beautifully, but it really depends on, on what the idea is. So how viable is it to make an earning out of becoming a podcaster? Like as, as an a, independent? As an independent. Asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like because we started out really organically. We just wanted to get into the space to find out, you know, how it all works and really understand it on well, behalf of the clients that we more, work with. More than that, it was to kind of take our own medicine. You know, we we tell clients all the time that they need to be producing content and going out in the world and, you know, being a brand and we weren't doing that. So I, I think that's that's ultimately where we've come from. We were yeah, really amateur. We used to start, we started out recording in the office like it was so bad. The fights <laughs> we used to have was just incredible. But But it's... It's not something that you can go into and just expect to start making money overnight. No. Yeah, I also don't think that should be your end game. No. Like I think that happens mostly for the people who started creating content because the content was good or, you know, a million different reasons, but basically they have an audience and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, shoot, okay, we're pulling in like 20K. I can make some money on this. I can make some money off this. Mm. So I feel like that is the way that you need to get into it because if you're like, great, here's this great money spinning opportunity, very few podcasts get the number of downloads that you need to be able to monetize effectively. So, you know, if you're getting anything shy of 10K, it's not going to be worth your time to put ads on your podcast. And that's 10K an episode. That's not 10K in total. So, you know, you need to think more creatively about monetizing and and it can't just be sell ads because they're the least lucrative way to monetize small podcasts. And for a lot of businesses or a lot of individuals, it's more about, you know, like you're saying you weren't walking the walk or walking the talk. So this is what that show, this show is about for you. For other businesses, it's about this can be a way for people to engage with you. That's more than just copy on your website. You know, for years you're trying to go, how can I get my personality into the copy on my website? Oh, well, I mean, how about you start a podcast and your personality's right there, (laughs) you know? Um, So it's, you know, that can be, but that's monetary. 
monetizing because eventually maybe somebody's going to hire you or come and buy something from your business. Exactly. That's monetizing your exactly. podcast. You know, it's not just selling ads. And I think people are too uh, rigid in the way that they think about that. But if you are getting into podcasting because you want to make money, it's going to be a sad, lonely time. <laughs> I think that's that's probably true for any career though, right? Like, or any content career, I would probably say. Like if you're YouTubers, perfect example, same thing. If you don't have a personality, if you don't have an idea or something that's really going to hook people, you're actually not going to make any money. You're going to spend a lot of money and then going to get nothing out of it. You're going to be frustrated and hated at the end of the day. So content creation, I would say, is not an overnight win. It's not something that, you know, you go into thinking that you're going to blow up and make millions. I think, you know, we we're talking about advertising before. One of the, the best conferences I went to recently that I took something out of was a few years back from Audio Land, And they talked about placing a pure radio ad in a podcast versus um, actual integration. And I, f I thought in the screaming of that ad because it's a much more personal space. And I think that's something that is brilliant for podcasts that they have over other audio formats. Yeah, you, I mean, you have to with any of your ads, you have to, it has to be purpose built and fit for the space, you know. So it's a very different experience, radio listening and podcast listening. Most people are listening to radios on speakers. That sound is in the environment with you. So you almost have to shout in a way. I certainly know that a lot more of the performance that I did on radio felt a lot shoutier than the stuff I do in <laughs> podcast because you are trying to grab somebody's attention. You are in the space with them. You might be competing with screaming children in the back of the car. You might be trying to get over the sound of the vacuum cleaner. But there is a loudness to radio that isn't in podcasting. So, you know, with podcasts, most people are listening on the headphones. Most people don't listen on speakers. They might listen in the car on the speaker, but it is a very intimate, close experience. So you can't shout at somebody in that environment. You have to talk to them just the way that you've been talking to them in the show. So it's really important that your commercial content sounds like it is a seamless part of the content that somebody is listening to. Otherwise, they'll turn off. So it's, yeah, it's really important that you're making podcast ads for podcasts. From there, I, like I think we've, we've had a really good chat outside of your network. How does your network, Nova, decide what podcast formats people are going to resonate with? And then again, off the back of that, how to invest in those? Well, from us, it's really more about which environments do we want to be in from a commercial perspective because we're a network. So everything that we we make has to have a commercial element to it. We need to create content that commercial partners want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. That is essential. So for us, the starting point when I came on board late last year was to sit down with the commercial team and to say, you know, what kind of content do you guys need? What content are clients looking for that they want to engage with? And let's create content in those pillars. So some of those things were, you know, business and finance. Finance, so we created a show in that space. Entertainment, obviously, with really um, solid talent attached to it. Lifestyle and wellness was another one. So it was really about us finding those environments and saying, okay, let's now think about really great content within this space that an audience is looking for that might be unique to what's already out there. So one of the first shows that 
we created was The Space, which was like a twice daily wellness podcast. And that was really about, okay, there's a lot of wellness stuff out there, but it feels really woo-woo and really inaccessible to people. So can we do something that's like two, two to five minutes that's really no BS that's supposed to be designed for people who are like, I cannot put on a pair of yoga tights and go chant in the forest. <laughs> I just need something that is going to fit into my life. You know, so that was where that show came from. So it's really for us as a business, it's more of, you know, we come from the commercial side of things and then we create content that appeals to an audience with that in mind, um, as opposed to sort of being an independent and thinking, oh, I've got this idea, right, let me think about that. Because in when I've created my own independent shows, I, I never monetize anything because I'm like, I can't be bothered. Mm, <laughs> you know? yeah. um, so for me, it's more about what do I want to do? Like the, the world's my oyster. What do I think there's an audience for? What can I create? So it's a very different kind of process when you're creating content for a network because it's essential that it fits into an ecosystem and that it can be commercialized. So it's really important that it comes kind of from that, but not that we're looking to make giant ads because that is a mistake. <laughs> and do you have to take from your existing talent pool or are you able no. to bring in fresh talent? No, no, no. No, we're, it's anybody. You know, I mean, it's great that we have a stable of talent that we can that we can work with, but we, you know, only have at the moment we've only got a couple like Cam Datto and Sarah McGilvray are doing a couple of podcasts on the network, but mostly it's people external to the network and then we'll obviously grow with more on-air people hopefully, but it's not a requirement that we need to use in-house talent because you have to, like we have great talent, but they're not necessarily going to be the right people for the shows and it's really essential that we pick the right host for each of these individual ideas. So as an audience member, when I listen, I'm like, I know exactly why this person is hosting this show and they're the right person to do that. So we need to, you know, pick from the world yeah. <laughs> to do that. Yeah. And very quick question. We spoke a little bit about true crime not being very commercial. Are there any true crime podcasts that you've got at Nova? No, but we just, um, well, we we have a partnership with uh, News Corp and so they do a lot of true crime podcasts because basically that's a really great space for them because they've got all of this expertise inside their yeah. business. So they're doing that kind of content for their publications and online anyway. So it's actually the perfect medium for a business like that to create content in audio form. But because we have that partnership, we haven't sort of dipped into anything specifically true crime, but we just created a new show that sort of same style but not necessarily murders mm -hmm. um, and that is unpacked so um, we're looking at a different story each season and this season we've done the Britney Spears conservatorship Ooh, so with that show we're trying topical. to do true crime style but with something that's a little bit more uh, sort of current affairs or something in the zeitgeist newsy but not necessarily people losing their lives. <laughs> I don't know how else you were going to say that without it sounding. <laughs> I know, I know. Less I was like, murdering. that moment where the wheels spin in the yeah, head yeah. And like something will come out. God knows what it is. Amazing. So, Rachel, favourite podcast, putting you on the spot here, not your own. I have one that I always say is my favourite podcast of all time and that's S-Town. Mm, so good. Yeah, so that was made by, I can see writing it down right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, made by the same people that made Serial. Short run podcast, six, I think it's six episodes or something. But just in terms of 
a central character that I think is the type of person as a content creator you dream of finding storyline with, you know, a really surprising twist and just beautifully made. I think it, I think it's one of my favourite podcasts of all time for sure. And I'm going to ask one from your commercial remit as well. What's your favourite one? Oh, you can't. I can. I, can't. I have to. No, I can't. It's like children. Baby. Everyone does have a, have a favourite child. I believe that no. fully. No, no, no. I cannot pick a favourite child. Oh, you are just going to no. have to go to novapodcast.com.au and pick your favourite. All right. All right. <laughs> I guess one more question that I do have for you is if you would have any top tips for people like us just making a podcast on the fly, doing it for the love of it or the, the love yeah, of each we're not other. Make, we're, not making, we're not making millions of dollars out of this podcast. No. I know you're surprised by that. No. <laughs> it's all right. You're in the majority. <laughs> what, what would your tip be for us to, to really – think about or you know pivot our content or you know whatever it is my top tips so I can see that you are thinking about audio which you probably weren't before yeah very important yeah so I think a lot of people make the mistake of just setting up a mic wherever in their house because they can and those days are gone that you can, you know, have a really, truly successful podcast where it doesn't sound very good because you don't want to give people a chance or a reason to turn off. So that is really important. I think the main thing, if you have thought about your audience, that's a key thing for me that I see a lot of people make a mistake. They don't think about an audience. They make the decision about their podcast based on their ego rather than an audience. So it's more about this is what I want to do and I really want to be on this podcast and I really want to do this. And they haven't thought, does anybody want to hear it? Is this actually mm-hmm. valuable to anybody? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really essential. And then consistency. Like that is the biggest single factor when it comes to successful podcasts. If you looked at any of the podcasts that have truly made it, they have been delivering content of like more often than not weekly for much longer than you would assume that they have. There are, of course, exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, if you particularly if you're an independent, if you do want to grow, it's going to take time and you have to be turning up every single week at the same time that you tell your listeners you're going to be there and do that over a time when there aren't probably going to be a lot of people turning up and you have to push through that. So you have to be passionate about the content and really know that it's valuable to stick through that time because that can be a tough time where you think, oh, maybe I've made a mistake or whatever, but you really have to stick at it to, to build an audience. So I think consistency is is essential. Great advice. I love it. Thank you so much for for coming to the podcast. I think this has been a really great engaging piece. You've brought your own mic, which I'm really a big fan of. <laughs> I think you, I'm a little worried because it was a little hot at the beginning. I heard a little crackle and I think it might have been too loud and I turned it down and I'm hoping that that hasn't come through because I'm very, very, very big on audio quality. You don't want a hot mic. You can't do anything about a hot mic. It's like a blown out photograph. You'll never get any of that stuff back. (laughs) Anyway, that's for another time. (laughs) That's tech talk for another time. (laughs) Thank you so much, Rach. It's been great having you here again, sharing your knowledge on podcasts. If any of the listeners at home or in the car, wherever you are, would like to get in touch with Rachel Corbett, we'll pop her email in our description. And if you're after GW or I or our very own RT, his email is in there as well. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Ciao.